Welcome to uh, Here's Some Guys. Uh, today, it's going to be the, the three-man weave today. Um, we are a little short-handed, a little short-staffed. Um, but uh, joining me today, um, out of the rest of my esteemed co-hosts, I have uh, two of the most esteemed uh, in Tyler and Socorro. Gentlemen, how are you guys doing today? What's pretty up? Good, pretty good. Fantastic. Uh, we are here to t- today to talk about some actually really exciting news. Uh, given everything that's been happening in the world, like really honestly, in the last <laughs> three days almost, I'd say, uh, we are in need of some good news. And, and we might have some good news coming down the pipe um, with the return of the NBA. So we're going to talk a little bit about that today. We're doing the smart thing of talking about like speculating on things that are going to become concrete and make this podcast obsolete um within a week or so but hey like that's what life is about right just throwing stuff out there and then six days later everything will be completely wrong um but <laughs> we've gathered today to talk about the exciting news of uh the nba um coming back so uh, i guess first i'd ask you guys uh you know what's your what's your excitement level at this point Go ahead, Squirrel. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm pretty excited about it. I would say right now, just because everything's so speculative, I would I would put myself at like a six, a six. I don't want to get my hopes up, um, but once this becomes a little bit more concrete and we have a better idea what the timeline's going to be, what the stipulations of the plan are going to be, then I think that'll go go up to a, a solid eight or nine. Um, and then once that's actually happening, then that's going to be a full on ten or eleven. Well, Socorro, I have some good news. I'm legitimately reading an article that was from two hours ago, and it says they are expected to ratify the restart plan Thursday, which is today. So they're gonna. It's 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 concrete. They're gonna return. Today's Friday. Today's Friday. Today is Friday. <laughs> <laughs> so then, I, I literally clicked on this this article just next, from two hours ago. Yeah, next Thursday. Next yep. Thursday. Okay. Yep. So six days from now. So six days from now, and basically they have the whole thing already outlined, which is great. Yeah. And so, so, uh, so uh, that article that you're looking at, I don't know if it's the same one that I was looking at, um, but we'll just jump right in. Okay. So uh, there's likely going to be a vote on Thursday. So that's confirmed. So that's good. Um, here's what we do know right now. There's going to be a vote on Thursday. This is all going to take place in a hub city, most likely Orlando. Most likely Disney World was actually technically Kissimmee. I don't know why people keep saying Orlando is Disney World. Because uh, Kissimmee in Orlando, like you have to drive a little bit from Orlando to, to get to Disney World, but whatever. Um, you, we are not going to see all 30 NBA teams. Uh, that was a decision that a lot of the players uh, kind of spoke out and wanted. That's a decision that a lot of the owners spoke out and wanted. And in terms of safety, that makes the most sense. And given that the reports so far become extremely true, I think we could pretty confidently say that we're looking at July 31st as yep. the start of, as the restart of the season. Um, I, for one, am personally glad that the NBA is going to take its time to come back. Um, they're going to have to do training camp stuff that they've talked about to like get players back into shape and in the swing of things. Um, but um, how do you feel about it coming back? I mean, I feel good. I think that the NBA is the sport where you would be able to do something like this just because roster sizes are 
relatively small and manageable. Yeah. Um, and yeah, to go into more in detail, I was reading that the the plan for bringing people back, there's going to be like a two week period of like just bringing people back to the location. In this case, I guess we'll say Orlando. Um, and then there's going to be like a, uh, like a testing. There's going to be a, a couple weeks of like just like one-on-one training. Um, and then eventually they'll get back into the swing of things of going into like practices and stuff like that as a team. Yeah. So, the, I think you put you had a good point that they have smaller roster sizes, and I also think this might be an opportunity for um, teams to kind of reduce their staff sizes just in general, at least for this little bit here. So maybe bring fewer trainers, maybe bring fewer coaches. Like we don't need tw- uh, twelve assistant coaches. We don't need three rows deep of assistant coaches uh, for this, for this time here, it's going to change things. It'll be a bummer because those coaches are valuable and they provide a lot of resource to the players and stuff like that. But hopefully like, uh, so Coral saying we can reduce the kind of numbers of people, which will help to keep the whole, um, operation kind of chugging along. Yep. I'm not sure Tyler, in that article, if you see anything about, um, and, and I guess we won't know about this until things come out, but I, I'd be curious to see what the discussion is about their um, contingency plans for if something does happen well, um, in terms of coronavirus and all that stuff. From what I've heard, like I've heard like Bill Simmons talk about this and I think it was with him and Rosillo and stuff like there's more and more like consensus that uh like you're just gonna have to get used to playing you're gonna have to be okay with somebody getting getting it that you played with and continue to play or something like that oh interesting really yeah because (laughs) they don't want to shut it down again that's an interesting idea and i get that they don't want to shut it down again but they're gonna they really don't have a choice um, I mean, I guess if they're playing in, I guess if they're playing in particular places where the government in those locations is saying, yes, it's okay, that's fine. But the problem that's why is, they're doing it in Florida, right? Yeah. But the problem is it's still going to be a PR nightmare for the NBA, who's supposed to be the most socially conscious of the leagues. If there's an outbreak and there's a known outbreak, but they don't do anything about it. Um, it's not that they're not going to do anything about it. It's that you're going to have to obviously anybody that's played that person well i it's it's they're gonna have to get used to the idea of playing with it or playing with people that have played with the person that had it or all that stuff well so this is my thought this is my thought is that there must be some kind of protocol in place where there's going to be a screening and then if somebody ends up you know getting symptoms that look like it could be that you know the coronavirus then there's going to be you know testing and stuff like that separation isolation from other players um and so i'm hoping that that's the case i think what you're trying to say maybe is that it's possible that while we're playing like as we're going through this playoff series or or tournament or what have you that somebody could end up getting it and you have to be okay with that possibly happening and then you therefore contracting it um but yeah i'm hoping that there's going to be protocols in place to make sure that we identify symptoms early double check to make sure that they're not sick um this is all contingent on the availability of tests now which i'm kind of out of the loop right now i don't really know what that looks like but if we can make sure people are tested and isolated when things surface then i think we'll be good 
still yeah. great. And there's inherent risk involved, and there's going to be inherent risk involved, but there's inherent risk involved in playing anyway. Um, I, I guess I just wonder what the contingency plan from the league's standpoint is going to be and what those protocols are going to look like. I have to assume that they're going to be testing everybody upon arrival and constantly, and I, and I would imagine testing before games and stuff like that as well, um, to help um, with that. What I'm going to be interested in is if there's a positive case or if there's a second wave um, while this is all happening, if the NBA is going to have a protocol similar to the Korean Baseball League where their protocol is basically if anybody gets it, the league shuts down for two weeks. Now, it's different because the Baseball League just started. It's not a playoff scenario, right? Um, So they have the time to do that. But it'll be interesting to see what those contingency plans are, not just for the NBA, but for all sports coming back, because the NBA, I think is probably the league that everybody else is going to be looking at because it's the league that typically is the most, um, I guess, experimental is the way to put it. Like they, they usually, I, I feel more, most confident about the NBA in any type of um, making intelligent decisions than I think any other league. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I think they have probably the smartest leadership um, and, all, and all that stuff. So uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So, so I want to talk about what the structure of it is going to look like. So, so as Tyler talked about, the most likely structure, based on what we've heard, is that there's going to be um, 20, 22 teams that go. That is the 16 teams currently in the playoffs, eight for both conferences, and then teams that were within, I think, six games of potentially making the playoffs. They're going to play regular season games. How many, I don't know. I've seen estimates that they want to finish it. That doesn't seem, I don't, I don't see that being possible. I think they'll probably play like eight games or something like that. Um, and then there's going to be a playoff, a play-in tournament for the last seed. We talked about it a little bit off air right before, and, and I think Brian Windhorst basically just came out and said it, even though he wasn't the first one. Many people have been saying it. It feels to me, and I know, Tyler, you have thoughts on this, too. It feels to me like the NBA is angling as hard as it can to get the Pelicans into the playoffs. And specifically, because it seems like they're going to keep your traditional conference bracket once the seeds have been set, particularly to get a Pelicans-Lakers first-round playoff. Yep. Well, I mean, you have a you have a, a run in that too because the Spurs are yes. getting the Spurs are getting lumped in with this too. But like, say, I mean, the the Blazers actually finished uh, the game the night that the Kings and Pelicans were supposed to play. Right. To so whoever won the Kings and Pelicans game that night was going to be in the ninth seed anyway, and it's just like if the Pelicans had if this had happened like a week later. And we'd had three more games or whatever. And the Pelicans beat the Kings that night. And the Blazers lost the, the next game. And the Pelicans won maybe two two of three over the next week. And somehow jumped into that eighth position. None, No other team. It would just be the playoffs. It would just be the playoffs. Yeah, I think I agree with that. And I know it sounds like a conspiracy, but I really do think. And we have to think about who's making decisions for this too, right? Adam Silver's making decisions. Um, with the support of the owners and the owners are not dumb. They're running business. Well, not all of the owner, you know, some of them are dumb, but most of them, yeah. they're running businesses and they understand, Hey, 
we have an opportunity to have crazy market share right now in terms of like viewership and stuff like that. And what better way than to get Zion Williamson and even the storyline of the um, cast off Laker players against LeBron and the Lakers in the first round during a, a time where there might not be any other sports on TV or maybe the only other sport is the NA, is the NHL, which, you know, respect to the NHL. You Nobody watches that anyway. Yeah, it doesn't carry the same weight that the NBA does. So I really do feel that they are trying to angle to get the Pelicans into the playoffs. And to be honest with you, I would rather the Pelicans get that last seed anyway. Like I of the teams that are left, I would li- I'd rather see them in the playoffs than anybody else. Even even the Spurs. Eh, nah. I I I respectfully disagree with you. That's fine. It makes sense from your standpoint because you haven't seen your team in the playoffs in so long that it, that it's that yeah. it's nice to see them. For me as a Spurs fan, I understand that the Spurs are not going to do anything. You know, yeah. best case scenario, they stretch it to six games and make people go, "Wow, you know, great coaching." You know, Aldridge could pop off and have one of his like, you know, forty point games out of nowhere. You look at the the stat sheet and you're like, "Wow, shit, I forgot." Marcus Aldridge is really good at basketball, but. It, we know nothing's going to happen, but I get it for those those Kings fans uh, and and people who are sitting around going, "Hey, like, w- what the hell, man? You know, yeah. we want an opportunity to to really because because if the Spurs end up making it, that's not going to feel right in terms of this particular season. If in the future they want to change it permanently so that that last spot is a play in, that's fine. But we started this season with the idea of okay. You know, all these all these teams are going to make it. It's just that feeling of if it weren't the Pelicans, it'd be, um, it it it'd be just kind of set where it is. Um, is kind of a bummer. Uh, so, Coral, do you think? Do you hold on? Do you think the players kind of feel that the league is trying to push the Pelicans in there? Because even Dame just came out and said, like, if I don't have a real shot at the playoffs, yeah. I don't want to come back. Oh, absolutely! I think people yeah, think that. And the the team that should feel the worst is the Memphis Grizzlies because they've actually had, I mean, not a, spot for a not, a, not a great season. They're below 500, but, you know, they've been kind of scrapping and fighting to kind of keep their head above water. And now you're talking about maybe somebody coming in and, and, and going into a tournament and all that stuff. Um, yep. But, so, Carl, I want to get your idea, your, your thoughts on the other proposal, which was pool play. So I don't know if you had an opportunity to take a look at that, but basically what pool play was going to be is they were going to take, um, t- was it 20 NBA teams? I think so. I think 20 it was, or 22? No, tw- like it might have been 20 or 25. I-, I can't remember. No, it was 20. 20, four brackets of five? Okay. Yeah. Okay, and they're going to do almost like a World Cup grouping where you would have different pools um, of five teams each. They would play round robin, two-game round robin, so they'd play a total of eight games, and then the top two from each um, group would advance to the knockout stages where it would become best of series, right? So what are your thoughts on uh, uh, that pool play structure that had been floated? Yeah, I think that's a very interesting idea. Uh, it, it completely deviates from what we're used to as, as NBA fans and what we see in the NBA. But it's something that's very, you know, heavily embraced and successful with the soccer leagues and stuff like that. And so 
it, it would be very interesting to see a format like that. I think the problem is that you, there, all these teams, one, have the expectation that like, look, we've worked our way to this particular position and now that potentially goes out the door. Um, and then there's also just a part of it that throughout the season, and this goes back to the other point when we're talking about just the, the other, the other proposal is that you, your, your team management, all this, they, they come into the season and go through it with a particular strategy in mind for their team in order to position themselves as well as they can. And so now when you see that, look, we're going to change things around a bit, all of a sudden, all that work goes out the door. So I can see how that can be very frustrating for teams and, and, and fans alike. So um, but yeah, I don't know. It'd be really cool to see something like that. Yeah. And to your point, I, I think it's another one of those things where it's like, okay, if we go into next season with an expectation that, Hey, we're going to do this pool play thing. You're right. That changes strategy. And I think people would be a little bit more accepting of it based on, based on reports, you know, 25%, like a quarter of the league said, Hey, yeah, let's do that. The rest of them wanted to go to the, the other format. Um, but it's no secret that Adam Silver is trying to emulate soccer. Um, and he wants like a mid-season tournament. The one thing I will say is this is definitely the time to experiment, right? This is the time. And I think because the reopening has gone quicker, I would say, than maybe anticipated. Um, we don't want to open a can of worms on that end of it. But, but I think maybe with the amount of time the NBA had to think about it, they really got to settle down and say, okay, let's do this. Um, if it had been a little bit more harried, I think they would have, we would have seen more support for these crazy ideas. Um, but it would have been cool to see them experiment and try to institute, institute something for later. Cause now's the time to do it, especially to try to convince those people who might be on the fence, but the, the pool scenario would make sense for a mid season tournament or, um, I've always thought it'd be interesting to do a tournament for the lottery as well. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, it would make it to where tanking doesn't happen anymore. Right. And so, you, like you, in the, you know, they could shave off 10 to 15 games mm -hmm. and turn those into, like, late season tournaments where yeah, absolutely. you're either playing for eighth, the 8th eighth seed, 7th and 8th seed, or whatever you want to do, or the teams that are, you know... A way out of it are playing for uh draft position yeah yeah and the thing with soccer so the nba is never going to be soccer and i understand where adam silver is coming from in terms of trying to emulate soccer and the thing with soccer is every single game matters yep. so like if you look at like the premier league if you're watching on the last two weeks you could be watching a team that sucks but it's the most important game in the world to them because they're trying to avoid relegation. It'd be cool. And I think that's part of the thing is one to fix tanking like Tyler talked about, but also to make those late season games matter where it's like, you know, today's the wizards versus the Hawks. Well, okay. Who cares outside of those particular fan bases? But now you have an opportunity to say, Hey, today's the wizards versus the Hawks in round two of the lottery tournament. And yeah. you know, the winner gets to advance and take on, the sons or whatever, right. For the rights to yeah. get higher draft picks. And you know, and you know, what's crazy. It's like, even some of those fan bases don't care, you know? Right. And you know, you could, if these games actually meant something like you can market them as that. And isn't all, all, all of the money and revenue that the NBA makes is not all of it, but I mean, 
a lot of it is from you know advertising so these games mean something or mean more the advertising there might be more people watching the advertising again it's just be it's just like an all-around better option i think yeah and i really like the idea of a mid-season tournament as well because again it's never going to have the prestige of the nba title and again they try to compare themselves to like um the fa cup which is a you know 100 plus year old competition with all this history and stuff like that so it's a bigger deal and it's even becoming less of a bigger deal as time goes on but to have a mid-season tournament again for some of those franchises um who know they're not going to win the nba title you know maybe you could walk away with a cup right as a fan of chelsea the last few years you know i could at least be like oh well we sucked in the premier league but you know we won uh the europa cup or we won an fa cup or something like that you know um so the mid-season tournament is kind of cool, and I really feel like uh, Silver was angling to try to use this as a testing ground for that type of thing. Um, go ahead, now, Squirrel. if we did something like that, would that would that mean that we're extending the season because we'd have the usual number of games we play plus the tournaments, you know, mm, intermingled? No, my understanding is that any midseason or or any play in tournament style uh, schedule would reduce the number of games. And there's no reason that we should play any more than 70 games. Like 75, right. fine, whatever. But like 70, 70 is a good number for the NBA, I think. The, and, so, and so let's go ahead and, and push on real quick because that actually brings me to my next point. Uh, let's just go ahead and skip down to the crazy structures. And one of the ones was a, was a play-in hybrid. It was a 1-16 to 16 bracket where the, I, I believe it would reseed after each round, but the, the top seeds would get to choose their opponents. And I can't remember where I, weird. yeah, I can't remember where I saw this particular, because everybody's talked about the one to 16 bracket and it's, it's going to happen because it almost happened already. Again, the proposal that we seem to be getting is going to keep conferences, but there's been a lot of groundswell for just eliminating conferences outright. Out of curiosity, how would that reseeding work? Like when when you when you like get through the first round with the one through sixteen, and then you get to choose. Like, how do they determine who's the number um, one? The top. So so for this year, it, w- it wouldn't have made that much sense because the schedule was based off the old schedule. But that's what I wanted to mm-hmm. talk about when when we were talking about the soccer format, but also you know this type of format and and reducing numbers of games is in the future if they were to switch to that type of 1 to 16 with reseeding what they would have to do is eliminate conferences and they would have to weight yep. schedules about as evenly as possible well the way to do that is to do like in soccer so soccer has the perfectly weighted schedule again it's a different sport but in the premier league you have 20 teams they play 38 games a home game and an away game against every single other team in the league right so Everybody plays everybody twice, once home and once away. If they were to do a six one sixteen with reseeding, they'd have to eliminate conferences in terms of scheduling as well. Because right now, a lot of the proposals that I've seen right now in terms of coming back, um, the Milwaukee Bucks are not... Well, okay, maybe the Bucks are, but you know some of the teams in the Eastern Conference are n- not nearly as good as their counterparts in the western conference like who's four in the east right now uh miami miami miami's four in the east and utah's four in the west yep i mean that's actually closer than 
I thought. So let's go down. Seven in the east is Brooklyn. Seven in the west is Dallas, right? So the seedings are a little bit off this year in terms of a lot of these proposals. Um, the pool proposal was interesting, but the problem that I had was that um, it was going strictly off of record, which is not necessarily the best indicator of how strong a team actually is. But then the question yeah. is, how do you determine that? And it's all, it's a huge bag of worms. Yeah. But the, the other crazy proposal that I thought was just a flat out March Madness style tournament. Tyler, what do you think about the just single game elimination, all 30 teams, July Madness, August Madness. Here we go. It's time for the craziest thing we've ever seen. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. Not not in not not in basketball. I mean, I don't really like it in in college basketball either. Like you can have an off night and yep. and just be out. And like <laughs> how many times I mean, I I understand how how that's so awesome and, and crazy for like March Madness and stuff like that. But it's just it, it like how many times has your back been busted because Duke Duke had an off shooting night and lost by six points, and then like the and and yeah, there's a Cinderella stories and stuff like that. But it's like, do you do you want somebody crowned like that? That's not a way to figure out who's the best basketball team. That's a way to figure out who's the hottest right now. <laughs> yeah. And I, I feel like uh, with basketball, it's it's a bit different from a lot of these other sports, right? Like soccer, the the format, the pacing, things like that, the the way things unfold, and and with uh, football as well. Like it's very different from basketball. Basketball is very fast paced. There's like high scoring games. You're putting up a lot of points. So I, I find it to be one of the sports where it feels better to have multiple games for determining who's going to win a particular round in the playoffs and things like that. Yeah. And it's, I've been on record before in our conversation, stuff like that. You guys know that I believe wholeheartedly that in a seven game series, the team that should have won wins unless there's some crazy extenuating circumstances, because like, like you said, Socorro, like the refs wanting the Lakers to win. Sure. But you still airballed a game winning shot at the end of game seven. You know what I mean? <laughs> like there are, in a seven-game series, there are literally thousands of possessions to figure out which team is the best. So I agree. And, and you guys know that March Madness is probably my favorite. No, let me, let, me, let me take that back. March Madness is my favorite yearly sporting event. Yep. The only thing I like better than March Madness is the World Cup and the Olympics, the Summer Olympics. Not the Winter Olympics. I'm not, I mean, I like the Winter Olympics, but it's not, it's not the same. Um, and I love March Madness, but Tyler, I think you're right. It's it's not for the NBA for a yeah. variety of reasons. When you're talking about professionals, you know, like on any given night, any team can win. Oh and, yeah, and that's the, that's the case in I guess college basketball too. But there's a difference between, you know, the Lakers playing the Suns, who have 15 professional basketball players on their team, than you know, uh. I don't know, North Carolina or, or Kentucky playing like West Lafayette State University or something like that, right? Yeah. There's a big difference in terms of the parity in, in the league. And so as much as I would love, and trust me, I would love, because, you know, it's only for one year. It's like, why not? You know, yeah. if they ended up going, hey, we're just going to do a crazy tournament. Everybody's going to watch. You're going to make a bunch of money. You know, don't worry about it. I would definitely have been down. But given that we figured it out a little bit in terms of how we're going to do this, that would not have been the right choice. But I would have been down for some August Madness. And maybe, again, there's an opportunity in the future for there to be some kind of single-game elimination tournament. Again, it could be midseason. It could be a play-in. We might see a play-in. We are going to see a play-in this year. 
I'm assuming that's going to be single game elimination, but it might be best of three. Who knows? Um, yeah, I, I think also that the, <laughs> I mean, the cool thing about March Madness and single elimination is that you, you, you get to be as a fan even more involved, right? Be, like not only do you have fantasy sports that you can do, but now you get uh, another uh, reason to do brackets and right, you can yeah. do that with your friends. So I, I think that's another win for the fans if we could figure something like that out. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a good point. And, and part of the fun of March Madness is the volatility of the tournament, right? You're watching... F- four games at a time and you're flipping between them. And all of a sudden you see on the corner, you know, a three seeds losing by 15 or something like that, you know, and then you flip over. Right. But I I do think that there'd be, it wouldn't be as exciting in the NBA because it's not as surprising. Like, Oh, you know, I guess if the Phoenix suns went on to win it, that'd be surprising. But if the Phoenix suns upset, you know, the uh, Toronto Raptors in the first round, that doesn't blow your mind. You're like, well, okay. Devin Booker had like 55. Exactly. Exactly. Cool. Yeah. Exactly. You know, so um, I, will, I will say that one of the other things I find interesting about a lot of this conversation and, and, and the, the potential for like an evolution in the format is that, um, you know, a lot of people are pretty busy with, you know, the working lives, school, things like that. And so in my opinion, I think the NBA for better or worse, can be a bit overwhelming with the number of games and, you know, how, yeah. how quickly things happen and stuff like that. And so finding a much more balanced pace where you can be tuned in to a wider, like a larger number of games, even though the games have gone down just because you're on any given night. It's not like there's six or seven games going on. Right. Um, that might be a refreshing change of pace as well. And we can get into scheduling, ch- scheduling chat, you know, look forward to scheduling chat some other time listeners. But um, a, a thing you've touched on there is when, when you look at football, which is the king of uh, sports in America, one of the things they have going for them is they play primarily on one day a week. Right. Um, and they only play 16, you know, soon to be 17 games. Um, so every game means more and you know, Hey, I'm going to set aside Sunday afternoon for these games. Like you said, Socorro, you can go in on a Wednesday. There's like three games. The next game, the next day there's nine games. Then the next day there's five games. Right. It's kind of hard to keep track of. So shortening the season and then scheduling it so that like, Hey, how about on all Tuesdays and Thursdays, which uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays are the big NBA days, but like, we're going to put all of our games, you know, at this time, or, you know, our primetime games we're going to do in this type of way, you can, you can get more creative with scheduling. So before we start talking about an opportunity to make future changes that we see out of this and stuff like that, I want to talk about one more crazy structure and that's Paul Pierce, the, the, the goat, um, wanting to play in area 51. Did he really say that? I hadn't heard that. Yeah. 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 No, I, I think it was a joke, but who can tell with the truth with the goat, you know? The yeah. quote-unquote truth. Hey, um, if we can throw some aliens in, that's even more entertainment value. My yeah. thing, yeah, if we bring aliens in, then it's just Space Jam. There's already going to be Space yeah. Jam 2 coming out, you know. Yeah. We're looking kind of... I did see somebody saying that they should play on um, battleships. There's no way. <laughs> which, there's no... which, there's been basketball games on battleships, but they were docked. And I think someone was saying, oh, you could do battleships, put them out at sea, then they're isolated. But no, because then the water's rolling. Have yeah, you ever, have it, you ever, it, it have be, you ever been on be, a boat before? It would be <laughs> rocking back and forth. There'd be no way to shoot or to dribble. Uh, it'd be pretty interesting to see. It uh, would be like field hockey with dunks. <laughs> 
That'd be that awesome. seems like the the most extreme form of isolation. Like, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think um, the thing that I'm most disappointed in, in terms of what has come out of the 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 shutdown, is the fact that Slam Ball didn't make a return. Uh, oh, because that was time. It was ripe for Slam Ball to be on ESPN or something like that. I don't know who owns the rights to those to those. To that footage, but I should have been seeing Slam Ball in my face all day, every day. And somebody messed up. I just want to say somebody messed up out there. That, well, here, uh, how, how, yep, go ahead. I was thinking, like, there's a lot of things that kind of fell by the wayside that could have really shot up, like, esports. Yes. Like, like Rocket League mm. in particular. Well, I know it's a game that, like, a lot of us have played, and me, Sokoro, Anthony, we play it multiple times a week but there it was on espn but it should have been much more i really don't want to get into this whole other conversation about esports that could be a future podcast but the i think that the cable networks are messing up esports but i think that the esports that are truly popular um, they're okay with that because they get to control their own revenue and all that stuff right because i can never envision like espn doing a starcraft event no. right it's too niche yeah. but the thing with, the thing starcraft with starcraft is, is happy with that right because starcraft's oh, yeah. like fine we're gonna run our own tournament we're gonna make millions of dollars and we don't have to pay anybody yeah the thing with rocket league is it's very simple to understand like things with like dota and and starcraft and it's, a, it's a lot of crap that a lot of people don't have like general knowledge on rocket like, league is cars Powered by rockets, playing soccer. But like That's the 70-year-old ESPN execs don't know that. They just That's know, true. what's that? People are playing video game basketball? Close enough. Put it on. That's, that's true. <laughs> you know? And it's yeah. not, it's, it's to us and to most people, it's not as compelling to watch somebody play 2K as it is to watch yeah. Rocket League or, um, you know, any other true Dude. esports. Not to say that those other communities don't have true esports. I'm not like gatekeeping them. But I'm just saying, you know, traditionally when we think of esports, we're thinking of uh, shooters, strategy, things like Rocket League, fighting games, meta games, stuff like that. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, I really think Rocket League messed up by not, or or ESPN messed up. Rocket League is so hype to watch. Like, sure, it's so much fun to watch. It is crazy. Yeah, I, I agree, and I think that. And I don't want to belabor this too much because we do need to move on to other stuff. But I, I think we'll like esports will be fine. I, I, obviously, this is a good chance for them to capitalize on the situ- like the fact that everybody's at home, sports are on hiatus, things like that. But ultimately, it, they're they're continuing to grow. And there's companies like Play VS or Play Versus that yeah. have reached out to me, and and they're doing things like setting up high school tournaments and making certain uh, oh yeah video um, games prominent. Uh, I- I can give you guys a peek in the window. Listeners, I don't know if I've mentioned it before, but like I'm a teacher, right? And um, the California Sports Organization, uh, the CIF, um, has proposed making uh, esports an official part of their – an official part of their sports. And I was approached – by a student who's like, hey, if we try to get this amount, if we try to get this at our school, um, would you want to coach? Um, but they're and I wouldn't because it's games that I don't play. It's like, um, it's like, uh, it's a RTS. I can't remember exactly what the games are, but it's like an RTS 
and something else, you know, like other games I don't play. But Socorro's right. For a long time, I think people were trying to think, oh, when are esports going to make it like sports and be on ESPN and stuff like that? But esports is actually perfectly fine staying in its own lane. And that could be proven by the fact that, you know, the stats that talk about how more people watch, you know, the Dota finals than, you know, the NBA finals or whatever. Right. Yeah. But but we'll have to leave that for a whole nother pod some other time. Yep. And kind of get back to this here. So some of the things that are coming out of this are more discussions on future changes that a lot of people think have been coming a long time coming. So one of them, of course, is to eliminate conferences. Um, so Socorro, you're a Chicago Bulls. Well, you're Derek Rose fan, but, you're, <laughs> you, you you know, as a supporter of a, of a team, primarily in the Eastern Conference, I think it's fair to say, what would you think about the elimination of conferences? Because as Western Conference, as a Western Conference fan, you know, we've always kind of moaned about how, oh, you know, how can the Brooklyn Nets make the playoffs, but uh, the Sacramento Kings can't, right? So what do you think about eliminating conferences altogether? I mean, personally, I would prefer it. I, I want to see a lot of these uh, teams and other conferences get to play each other a little bit more. Um, I think it's going to be problematic for, and, and granted, I don't know the particular nuances that lead to this situation where the Eastern Conference just tends to be weaker as you go, as you're going through the ranks um, compared to the Western Conference. But my hope is that it allows there to be a little bit more opportunity and it encourages Eastern um, teams to, to kind of step it up so that they can play. Uh, the, the other cool thing I would hope is that because it's going to be it, like in this world where we have brackets or whatever, it's hopefully dynamic enough that it changes from year to year. And so it gives you the opportunity of playing with a variety of different teams. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I think ultimately I'm very like I'm open to it. And I think it would be very interesting to see how it shifts over the course of like year to year. Yeah. Uh, so, Tyler, uh, Socorro's point there is really cool. Um, yeah. Do you think it would make it? easier or harder for the really good teams to make it you know to the finals like do you think that that would really fundamentally change the competitive level of getting to the finals for a team like the lakers or or the bucks or do you think you know they're the most talented teams anyway so they'll probably end up there regardless uh i don't think it would i don't think it would decrease the only thing I could think of is if, you know, say say uh, the Lakers are playing, I don't know, Miami or something, and there's a just a crap ton of travel, it could mm. wear, it could wear, and say, okay, so say, say it's Lakers versus Miami, and that's a crap ton of travel for both those teams. Those teams, whoever gets through that is going to be worn out. Mm-hmm. Compared to say if somebody play like Utah versus Oklahoma City, right? Or, yeah. Or or or, you know, Detroit versus Milwaukee. Some some, it could have a detriment on people on teams that are traveling because even in the regular league or in the regular season, you don't do that to where you're traveling like that constantly. Right. It's it's you you do small like you go to Miami. And then you'll do like a Florida into Atlanta road trip where you're going Miami, Orlando, uh, Atlanta, and then maybe over to like a Texas, and then you're back. You're coming back towards where your 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 hometown is. 
if you're doing that, you're traveling to Miami back and forth, back and forth. Miami to Los Angeles is like a five-hour, six-hour plane ride. So it's like, it's a lot of travel. It could really detriment the people that are playing like that. But other than that, I don't see it. I don't see a bad thing about it. Yeah, I mean, maybe absolutely. it might go hand in hand with with the uh, the po- other point that I think Travis is going to bring up. But you know, short shortening the season or finding right. a way to to move around games so that it has less wear and tear on the players, both physically and mentally. Yeah, ultimately, I think what the NBA's first priority is going to be is trying to change the schedule so that there is less wear and tear. And we've already seen it because. You know, there was the whole uh, Popovich got fined for sitting the, the Spurs out. And then the Warriors started doing that kind of stuff. You know, the Heat started doing that kind of stuff. And it really became clear, like, these guys are not going to be playing these 82 games um, the way that we expected them of uh, in the past. And that's to their benefit, because now you can have guys play 16, 17, 18, you know, years in the league and still be um, good, good players. Um yeah. So, so I think it'd have to go hand in hand where you'd have to do – and maybe they'd have to switch to a 2-3-2 format for all series. You know, maybe they would give you more days off in between each playoff game, right? However they had to do yeah. it. Um, the thing about the finals that can be frustrating sometimes is the amount of time between games because they build that into the finals, giving yeah. a lot of time off for travel. Um, and it can be frustrating as a fan because you're like – Wait, there's not going to be another game for three days? Yeah. That's kind of a bummer, right? But if that meant we got to see the 16 best teams in the NBA be guaranteed to make the playoffs, right? We don't have teams like the the Trailblazers or the Pelicans or the Kings getting left out. Um, I think that'd be cool. And we could could end up with some really interesting uh, quarter and semifinal matchups that we wouldn't get necessarily otherwise, right? Exactly. Yeah. I like you briefly could, mentioned. I think we could I think see this new is... rivalries form, you know? Yeah, new rivalries. Yeah. Like, how yeah, cool would yeah. it be if, like, you know, there's this crazy rivalry between, like, the Raptors and the Mavericks because they keep meeting in the, in the semi, in the quarterfinals year after year? Yep. Right? And that's something that you never awesome. get to see. You could see a lot of different clashes and styles, yep. right? Because typically teams try to beat the person in front of them. So famously, um, I don't know. Let's say the Rockets tried to build themselves so they could beat the Warriors, right? Um, yep. But that's kind of relegated to their conference, right? Or, or I mean, the Mavericks tried way. to beat the Spurs. No, the, the Suns tried to beat the Spurs, right? But how about instead we get clashes between like uh, the Pacers and the Thunder, you know? That'd be really yeah. cool. Or think about it this way. If we eliminated the conferences this year... You know what? Uh, I was listening to Bill Simmons. You know who? You know what a matchup that could potentially be is it would be the Rockets versus the Sixers. That's a crazy clash in style. Yeah, I'd I'd, I'd love to see that. Um, yeah, and and I think it's going to happen. It's just a matter of figuring out the scheduling. And do here's... you really think it's going to happen though? Yes. Do you really think? Do you really think the the lower teams in the Eastern Conference will will agree to not? be able to get into the playoffs all the time because at the end of the day it's all about revenue right so exactly but if it's if the plan is we're going to be able to market ourselves more i think they would go along with it the other thing that i think might happen and this is just me spitballing obviously i don't have any sources because we're just amateurs um but this is just something that i feel this that that's to say i haven't read anything about it but i think that there will be conference 
elimination of conferences, but only after the next league, the next league expansion. Um, so when that is, I don't know. I'm not expecting it. And at this point, maybe because of how much talk there's been, they might go to 16 first and then expand. But for the longest time, I've thought the league's going to try to add more teams. Um, and then they'll switch up their format, stuff like that. Uh, they probably won't put a team in Modesto, but that's fine. Uh, they would have to. What about like re like reshifting some teams? So there's been talk about realigning, especially if they bring Seattle back. So if they kept conferences, they would realign. They'd put Seattle in the West, and then they'd put New Orleans, I think, back they, in the East, or something like that. But then you're unbalanced. No, no, that'd be right. Actually, just kidding. No, no, it'd be unbalanced. It'd no, be it'd be unbalanced. Teams. Yeah, yeah, that'd be unbalanced. But, but you know, you have to add two Western teams. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah, is fine yeah. because it, it. Well, here are the the teams that are, isn't it like Seattle and Kansas City? Kansas City's been up there. Um, you know, that's really actually the only one that I've heard of, of outside of like Mexico City and stuff like that, which or, I think or Vancouver is a pipe dream. Yeah, I don't think Vancouver's viable. I don't. I don't. I feel like there's people in Vancouver who want that, but I don't think that's necessarily a viable market for the NBA. Um, but may, yeah, maybe another international team or something like that. Um, be interesting. But I guess the main thing is I hope that this um, process gives more talk, more thought to doing a 16 team bracket and i really like the idea where they at least reseed maybe don't let the teams pick it but the nfl reseeds their playoffs and it makes a lot of sense because you can end up with some really wonky situations you might remember a few years back where the spurs and the clippers were the four and five seed yeah and they both were like 50 plus win teams and they were on the same side as the one seed and that's kind of messed up, right? It would be nice if the one seed could, if they could reseed and all that stuff. Uh, we've already talked about shortening the season, but in shortening the season and what's going to happen is we might have a new start time for the season. Now, the season used to traditionally start around Halloween-ish time, which was, a, which was really fun. But the idea of starting the NBA season on Christmas Day is probably the best idea I've ever heard in my yeah. life because... Christmas Day is usually the biggest regular season day of the NBA schedule anywhere. anyway, so why not just make it the start of the season and then take the season further into July regardless? Because the only competition you have at that point is baseball, which is, which is fine. 74. Exactly. I mean, you might run into the All-Star Game of Baseball a little bit, but if it's the Baseball All-Star Game or NBA Finals Game 6, I think NBA Finals Game 6 is going to be able to capture most of those. Yeah. Um, eyeballs. The only issue that I would see with them going into the summer more often is when you have things like the Olympics, which we will have next year because they're supposed to be this year, when you have things like the World Cup, but you have to compete with them anyway. And they're not necessarily direct competitors because the NBA is not necessarily worried about international competition, right? I, I think it's just a better looking schedule to go from Christmas Day sometime into July and then let that be your off season from July back into December. Yeah. That sounds And that way you're that's... you're always getting a gift on Christmas. Oh no man. How naughty or nice you've been. And also you don't have to compete with football like like other than like a month. Right. With football yes. For a month. Yep. They definitely want to move um away from 
the NFL as much as possible. Yeah. Um, so let's just jump into some quick basketball talk real quick, just in terms of the game itself, right? Wait, so wait, things... I have a I have a tweet from Kevin O'Connor that says Uh-oh. if the NBA player or if the NBA play resumes, it'll be with a twenty two season or twenty two team regular season format that those teams will play eight games each, okay. then a play in tournament for the eighth for the eighth seed. Holy I thought I saw twenty two somewhere. Okay. So it's gonna be twenty two you're gonna play eight regular season more eight more regular season games. That's a lot of games. Then play it, that is a lot of games. And then and then the play in tournament will take place for both uh eight seeds. That's a lot of regular season games. That's more than I anticipated. So look at that. Breaking news live on the pod. Yeah. Good job, Tyler. Way to way to be our social media Dude, guy. I'm toge. Yeah. <laughs> a toge bomb. Yep. Um, so let's talk about what the basketball, what what the game's going to look like. Like, what's the basketball actually going to look like? Do we have any uh, ideas or opinions on what you think the game might look like, or what what do you want it to look like or sound like? Like, do you want holographic fans in the stands? Do you no. want piped in crowd noise? Maybe. Because I don't. Nah. It does look Have weird you, uh... to watch them play in empty stadiums. So, like, I watched uh, some of that Korean baseball, yeah. and it is weird to watch them play because it, look, it looks like a scrimmage, right, when there's no fans in the stands. Yep. But I think piping fan noise is corny, too. It right? is. And it's a bummer for the KBO because the best part of the Korean baseball league is their fans. Um, and the NBA, I would say that the NBA is – similarly contingent on having fans in the stands, right? I think for football, um, a little bit for baseball, you know, NASCAR, they can get away with it because the fans aren't necessarily as direct apart in terms of the broadcast. But in the NBA, the fans are right there on the court. You know what I mean? If you zoom out just a little bit, you see the entire stadium and you see all the fans and stuff like that. So it's going to look kind of weird without fans. So do you want them to put in fake fans, Socorro, or are you cool with them just uh, letting it look like a scrimmage? Man, that, that's a tough question. I, I think that <laughs> I think either way, it's going to be a disappointment. I think that's just something about it that we've grown <laughs> yep. up used to that we just love to, the, to hear the sound in the background of the fans cheering. Uh, anytime something's like go like 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 a, a team is heating up or or anything like that, it just it, it fuels the competition. And it also just uh, adds that extra umph when you're watching. It's just like one of those intangible aspects of it that you really enjoy. Um, even if you don't directly notice it when you're watching the game. So I think either of those is going to kind of fall flat in comparison. Yeah. Uh, Tyler, what do you think about the idea of them miking up more players, which has been which has been kind of, or even if not miking up more players, putting the, the field mic, you know, closer to the ground level so we can really hear what they're saying? Well, if they do that, they're going to have to run this on uh, HBO or something like that. <laughs> or on a crazy delay. Or on a great, like a five minute delay. Where they... <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and honestly, that they, it would sound like somebody's trying to type Morse code because it'd just be like beep, 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 yeah. beep, beep, beep. beep. Yep. Um, have you seen any of the like the WWE stuff? No. Where they're just like literally performing to an empty. It's awkward. It's, it's honestly awkward. Well, and so again, I watched Korean baseball and it, it, it just doesn't feel right. It doesn't. Um... It doesn't. And I know that's a little bit different. NBA, I mean, it's performance, but it's not. It's not like a. They're trying to tell a story. They're just and and NBA right, is playing right. a game, so it's a little bit different. But to see, you know, those those they usually go to like NBA uh, arenas to fill up, mm-hmm. 
and to see it empty, to see them performing to like empty crowds and stuff, it's real awkward. And you can hear, and it's very quiet. So if you mic'd up people, like you'd be able to hear everything. And I don't know if the fan, I, I don't know if the obviously the fans would want to hear it, but I don't know if the the coaches and the players would want them to themselves to be able to be heard like that. I mean, it's just. You know, WWE is actually a good comparison because the fans are a major part of bas- of the basketball game itself. I think more so than any other sport, at least any of the other team sports. Ah, maybe hockey's up there too. But because the fans are just basically right on top of the court, they have a huge influence on and the players interact with and they get their energy from fans, right? They talk to fans, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, I think that they're going to there's gonna it's gonna even kind of hurt them a little bit just in terms of where they're getting their energy from and all that stuff. It's it I just feel like it'll be harder for them to get up for it, although they're professionals and they'll be fine. I do take your point that they might not necessarily want to be mic'd up in terms of plays and stuff like that. Yep. But I guess my my only question for that is what's the difference between them being mic'd up on that? Versus a regular game because they're not necessarily it's not like football where they're like trying to hide their plays per se they are but uh, I don't know I just feel like I don't know what the rules are for videotaping on the sideline so I, I don't know how I much of a know, difference that is I just know I've heard Steve Kerr I don't know if, if you've seen this but Steve Kerr like they had he was mic'd up for the game. And he pulled Kevin Durant to aside and told him a story about Jordan. And he was furious that it got broadcasted. Yeah. Because he, it was supposed to be him just talking to KD about something. It was like, it was a psychological thing. And he was, right. it was supposed to be an only them two moment. Like in a crowd of people, he was pulling him aside to talk to him for real. And it got broadcast on, on ESPN and he thought, he hated it. But I can't help but wonder if they're in an empty stadium, they're going to have fewer moments like that anyway, because they're going to recognize, oh, everybody can hear us. True. You but know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I personally would love for the players to be mic'd up, and I personally would love for ESPN to just be like an ABC, you know, it's a Disney thing, but whatever, to be like, look, if you want to watch, you know, do like they did with the Last Dance doc. If you want to watch the censored version, go to this channel. Otherwise, we're going to go over here. I have heard them say that they're worried about if it gets out you know it'll look bad um i've heard some like uncensored football trash talk and it's bad i guess but like as somebody who's played you know in parks and stuff like that it's nothing crazy like it's nothing new but what it is you're you're a forward-thinking progressive person what it is in my (laughs) opinion is is corny and i would be embarrassed as a player for that stuff to get out because some of the stuff they do is so it's honestly embarrassing, but they do it to try to get right. an edge because that's one way to get an edge. But sometimes it just doesn't work. You know, the James Winston thing's pretty famous where he eats the W and oh people clown God. on him for that. You know, um, Sam Darnold said he's seeing ghosts and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. Um, all that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, another now on the topic of sound, like another thing that uh, we haven't really talked about is it's just the not just the audience sound or the mic'd up players, but it's also just the 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 stadium sounds from like the commentators and like things like that, like um, yeah. the the the, sh- the shit they play, the music, stuff like that. Like that's also not going to be there, and so that's going to be another part of the game that you well, just it, the music is make might. it seem. 
the music one. Maybe. Yeah, you're right. Maybe. I mean, my favorite part of watching like the Celebrity All-Star game was when they get the WNBA stars out there and they mic them up. And then like they're trying to talk to them and the WNBA stars are like calling out defenses and stuff like that. Like, I'd love that. Is somebody like clipping their nails? Wow. <laughs> no, but I, wow, that's, I didn't know it was going to pick, I didn't know it was picking <laughs> yes, that up. My we, bad. We heard it. We I, heard it. Uh, that's so <laughs> wow, dude! That's so I did funny. not know that was. Wow, you're like you're like, <laughs> you're like you're like Kobe White out here, man! Wow, bro, dude, that's dude. love, bro! Wow, dude, um, that's... so um, let's jump into what we think in terms of how the rest of the season is going to play out now. Now that we know that it's going to happen, um, do we think that this changes kind of the outlook? Do we have like new favorites? Like, who do we think? So, Tyler, who do you think the favorite is going forward in this new format? Or like favorites to win, to win the whole thing? Sure, or just you know, I think make the LeBron finals is, or whatever. I think LeBron is on a, a mission now. Yeah, he's, he's been the one spearheading everything. He has. He, wants, he he he's trying to do this for Kobe. He wants to get back in there. He wants to win this championship. He. I don't think anybody can stop him now. It did not surprise me that LeBron was one of the ones who was like, no, we need to play. Um, I agree. And I think I'm like really – and, and the idea of him winning another championship, whether or not this would have an asterisk or not, just because of the fact that everything would switch up so suddenly. But like it, it fuels the conversation just like we had on the previous podcast about – you know, the Michael Jordan debate and, and, and LeBron James and all this stuff. So I, it would just be interesting to see it push that, you know, further and further along because you see him end up coming out with another championship. I think it will only have an asterisk if one of the favorites doesn't win it. If yeah. Milwaukee or Los An- or the Lakers win it, then I think people would be like, hey, fine. But if Even like, yeah, but if like the Jazz win it, people are going to be like, oh, the Corona season, it doesn't count. Because uh, that's how these things usually go. Um, I'd agree. How mad, how mad would people be if the Jazz won it and, and it was because of Gobert <laughs> that started it? And he just he just rides off middle fingers to the air. Um, yeah. Touching everything. I think, <laughs> just coughing at the parade. Yeah. I think um, the Lakers are also the favorites because I think it's come out that LeBron's been basically hosting workouts. Um, I think they're going to be in the best shape. Uh, Giannis apparently doesn't have access to a basketball hoop at his house. Because he lives in an apartment. Which is interesting to me. But, um, you know, I think LeBron's probably best equipped. LeBron and AD and being in L.A., they're best equipped to have been staying in shape and working out and all that stuff and kind of keeping themselves ready to go. Um, And when it comes to coming back on stuff, that's really... What's important, I think, um, because the basketball is going to be sloppy. There's just no way to get around that. The basketball is going to be hecka sloppy. Um, people are going to be not as good. Um, but I think the teams that are in the best shape are going to do the best. And I think the Lakers, maybe not necessarily in the best shape, but I think that their top talent is probably best equipped to kind of make that push, like Tyler was saying, and kind of have that drive to be like, look, it's not going to be pretty. It's going to be tough. But we're the fittest out here, so let's just go ahead and get this taken care of. I will say that a team like Toronto, with their young athletes, is also really well equipped to kind of make a push. Same thing with Boston, uh, and the Clippers are good as well. I would worry about a team like the Nuggets, 
Because yeah. I'm worried about a guy like Jokic. Oh yeah, if he comes in, if he comes in off of off season out of shape, you definitely know he's going to come in after a month off out of shape. And for that same reason, I'm worried about the 76ers. Oh yeah, Joel Embiid. It would be interesting to see the health of people, though. Um, you know, people talk about, oh, what if KD comes back for Brooklyn? He shouldn't. No, That'd I, be I think really I think dumb. Bob Byers, Bob Byers has already said. Uh, Bob Byer, what am I talking about? Uh, Bob Myers. Yeah, I was like, who? Has already said that uh, regardless of when, if the Warriors are even involved or whatever, uh, Clay's not coming back. Yeah. No, it doesn't make any sense. You, you have to take the long view um, and all that stuff. So I, the one thing I will say about the Lakers' chances, I mean, Milwaukee's really, really good. Giannis, you know, is really, really good. But the one thing we'll say about the Lakers' chances is, I can't imagine what Kawhi's been doing this whole time, but yeah. if he wasn't just in his uh, like cryo chamber for the last two months, I'd be super surprised. So I mean, he, him and Paul, yeah, if he comes out healthy, and Paul George has an opportunity to get healthy, and they get to basically just lock it down for a little while, um, they could be really dangerous. And if Kawhi Leonard wins another fucking championship, huh? <laughs> how do we how do we even begin to talk about him? Because that'll be two years in a row that he's led a brand spanking new franchise to their first championship. Yep. When he wasn't necessarily the favorite, that would be crazy. That'd be something else. So I, I'm 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 super stoked um to to kind of get these things back. Um yep. I'm most looking forward to getting back into the NBA community. I think that's what I miss the most. Me and too. it's been kind of nice because you can reflect on things. The Last Dance documentary was really cool because people started talking. You know, you kind of got back into the NBA community and all that stuff. But I miss that day-to-day, you know, being on uh, NBA Twitter, being on NBA Reddit, being on all these NBA communities and, you know, being like, yo, check out this highlight of Aaron Gordon posterizing somebody, you know, yeah. and people doing the memes and people – talking about analytics and nerd stuff. And I, I miss all that stuff. So that's what I'm most looking forward to getting back, you know, outside of just, of just basketball. I'm not one of those people that's like dying to have live sports. You know, I hear people like, Oh, the other day I was watching marble racing because I just <laughs> had to watch live sports. Like I'm not one of those people. I watch diecast racing just for fun. I'd watch it regardless of whether or not the sports are around, you know, I'm okay watching highlights and stuff like that and doing other stuff in my life, but I do really miss that NBA community and all that kind of stuff. I think people are just missing normalcy right now. Right. And this is an opportunity for things to be normal. It's one of the reasons why I want to make sure the NBA gets it right, because they're setting a standard out there for a lot of people. Once things like this start happening, they're going to start believing that things are normal, which is good. But... The NBA needs to make sure they get everything right, one, to keep the organization running, but two, to make sure that people understand that, yes, we're going back to normalcy, but there are still some things we need to take care of. Um, so I'm, I'm super interested to see what they have to do about that. What, what are you guys most looking forward to with the NBA coming back? I just wanted, you know, the Kings were, like, super hot yeah. right at the end. <laughs> they really and were. So, I really wanted to watch them. I mean, the game that got canceled was the Kings and Pelicans. It was pretty much the the, the biggest 
game to happen in Sacramento in 15 years. I had uh, co-workers at that game. Yeah. And they were told to turn around and go home. Yeah. So I just, you know, I just want to see basketball back and, you know, I I can't wait to see these, that, 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 uh, that play in tournament. That's going to be hype as hell. Yeah. I really hope it's single elimination. Oh, that would be crazy. Now, can you imagine single elimination after you've been off for two and a half months? Like, there's no rhythm. You're just there. You go. I right. Well, playing eight games beforehand, but yeah, they'll get their little they'll get their little play before. But it'll just be interesting to see everybody when they come back because it's going to be yeah crazy. It's basically who can get into rhythm quickest. Yeah, it'll be is, interesting to see if the teams who are hot cool off and if the teams who are cool heat up or how that's going to go. Yeah. Uh, so, Carl, what are you most looking forward to the league coming back? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think, like, once again, it's a, it's a sign of returning to normalcy, which I think a lot of people want or need. Mm-hmm. And so just having that, I mean, just, just when we think about our group chat, I, I'm so used to uh, hearing hearing Tyler and, and Ronnie going back and forth about the Kings yep. games that are going on. And so not having that in our chat, you know, it makes it a little bit different. Not that we don't chat our asses off, but there, it's just a, a, a an aspect that's missing because things are not the same. And so it'd be nice to get back to that. Um, and yeah, I just want to see, you know, highlights and teams competing. Like, I'll be completely honest. I think uh, out of the group, I'm probably the one that watches the least. I just, it's hard for me to to find the time of the day to dedicate. Um, mm-hmm. But I still love hearing the chatter. I love seeing highlights, things like that. And so it would love, to, I would love to see some return to norm. And then the other thing is just, I, I'm excited about the experimentation, seeing how the NBA can evolve and hopefully for the better. Um, and especially if it means increasing the 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 time that players are in the nba over the stretch of their career uh the number of games all that stuff like this is a really good opportunity and i'm excited to see what that growth ends up being yeah i think we're all just very excited about all the things you just laid out i think you did a great job um tyler i think you did a great job talking about that normalcy and just kind of getting back to that community um one of the cool things about the nba is if you're not necessarily the biggest nba fan that doesn't really matter in terms of like watching games and stuff like that, breaking down film, you know, we're not like Tyler and Ronnie who are like, all right, play by play (laughs) in the third quarter, Harry Giles off the left block pivot. Why don't we get him the ball more? Right. That kind of stuff. But um, you can get a, you know, you could follow NBA Twitter and and get a good idea of what's going on and that kind of stuff. So it could be really nice to have something else in the news for a little while. Uh, Because again, the the last, Couple months, but especially the last uh, couple of days have been uh, mm-hmm. have been rough. So it'll be nice yep. to have something positive go on for a while. Hopefully, not positive in the sense of positive uh, results from coronavirus tests. Oh my god! I knew you were going to throw that joke right there. <laughs> <laughs> but positive in the sense of you know getting a little bit back to normalcy and having something for people to rally around. The Last Dance documentary was something that people rallied around and really had an opportunity to talk about, and, and I think. You know, a shrewd move by them to push it up. Yeah. Because they knew that was going to happen. So as soon as these sports start coming back, that's going to happen. And the thing with the NBA, again, all due respect to the NHL. I love hockey. I just don't watch it. Um, I respect it. But, you know, with all the sports coming back, the NBA is probably the biggest one in the United States that's coming back. Maybe well, even, think- maybe, maybe even in the world because. The Champions League, I don't think, is coming back. I think it's just the different um, 
yeah. the different countries, and most of those are already settled. Anyway, yeah. so so maybe it might be the biggest thing in the world coming back, and people are really just going to rally around it. So I'm excited. Yep. Um, so anything else? Again, this is something that's going to be probably become obsolete in six days. So if you're listening to this after the details came out, we got everything completely wrong. Apologies. Um, but, uh, you know, regardless of what happens, we're going to get some NBA basketball back in our lives and, and that'll be, that'll be fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else? Good of the order? No, I'm good. I, I'm I good. will, I will tease a little bit of us. So we're going to talk about last dance. Once everybody has an opportunity to, to sit down and watch it. Um, there's a lot to talk about with that documentary. Um, all that it. kind of stuff. Yeah. I'm gonna get up on my soapbox about it. Um, documentaries in general. Um, speaking of, there's a Bruce Lee documentary coming out, not this upcoming Sunday, but on June 7th, that looks amazing. Um, so check that out. Um, but anyway, uh, I have a tease that I think might be a Firing Squad episode. You guys let me know, and, and maybe this will come to fruition. Uh, Tyler, you let me know because I think this is going to hit you deeper than anybody else. Here's what I'm working on for my Firing Squad. Key and Peel is better than The Chappelle Show. Oh, my God. Whoa. <laughs> oh, my God. I cannot. I can't. All right. Oh, my God. Whoa. It sounds like. It sounds like we might have an episode, so just a little tease for the future. Oh, yeah, we do have an episode. That's such <laughs> a good one. Alone. You know what's you know what's funny is that thought, like not me admitting to that, but the the, the idea that people would compare them has crossed my mind yeah. several times. What yeah. a good one! Oh, absolutely, my God. it's definitely well, it's something. It's the same format. Yeah, it's exactly. Exact same yep. format. Yep. And and, and even Chappelle joked about it. And they both carried Comedy Central for their particular runs, you know. Yep. So they both kind of did the same thing so we'll have to get into that that is a oh, great God. Idea. Oh, all right cool man. i'm so glad i was like i wonder if it's going to be you know like a good firing squad or people going to be like eh you know whatever but no i thought eh that's a good one so look forward to, <laughs> look forward to that viewers wow. we get off of basketball for a little bit um you know and we'll, we'll venture out into the other things but for now i think we'll go ahead and sign off uh um on on that positive note of hey Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to get some NBA basketball back. Um, so with nothing else on that, uh, any good sign-offs yet? Uh, <laughs> it, that's keep, the sign-off. That's the sign-off. Keep, uh, keep it right uh, and keep it tight. All right. Sounds good. Sounds good. Sounds good. Keep sounds it right. Good. Keep it tight. All right. Yeah. Uh, so uh, for myself, uh, for Socorro and Tyler, uh, for the other two who are not here, um, this is here's some guys we're signing off look forward to our conversation in the last dance and then I guess our drop drop dead fight of Key and Peele versus Chappelle show and, and anything else in the future remember to uh, hit us up on Twitter um, at here's some guys let us know what you think about the league coming back um, as well as participate in our votes and stuff like that for our drafting um, you know reach out to us um and, and hit us up. Uh, what, what, do you, what do you guys think? Who are the favorites coming back? What are you most looking forward to? All that good stuff. Um, and we'll talk to you guys uh, soon enough. And hopefully soon enough, it's going to be about actual basketball.
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So this is here's some guys signing off, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye. And break. <laughs>